This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Oh, folks, uh, this is uh, part two of our podcast with Nathan. Um, we had a course last fortnight we talked about uh, his time in rehab um, and the first day in rehab. And I was really interested to find out what post-rehab looked like for Nathan, like, uh, you know, going back to work, interacting with people and doing, the, I guess, the things that people do in their day-to-day lives. And we, I think we spoke off air a little bit about how people often get offended on his behalf. Like somebody suggested they go to a punch pub for lunch and, and then say, oh, well, oh, you can't do that because, you know, that'll upset Nathan. And the really interesting thing about that is, is, you know, uh, he spoke about, you know, let him get offended. Don't get offended on my behalf. But he recognises that going to the pub for lunch is what people do. Um, and I guess it's really interesting around um, around how we treat people when they've got mental health issues and how we treat people with addiction issues or, or any of the, the, the ways that our mental health manifests negatively. And, you know, the only advice I can offer is... is don't don't try and treat us differently or specially. It, it, it you know it can come across quite clumsily sometimes, and it, and I think you know we un- like you understand that if you've got an addiction issue or a mental health issue, sometimes people are just going to say things and they don't mean them, but that's okay because we can we can live with that. So all that being said, um, this second episode uh, this episode focuses on Nathan and his time. Uh, away from rehab. Nathan, uh, I believe he said as of Christmas, will be a thousand days clean. No drinks, no drugs, no gambling. That's an incredible effort. That is just a sensational effort. And I'm so proud of him to hear that. Um, I want to give a shout out to my dad. My dad is nearly 13,000 days clean, about 30 years, actually 30. Um, And that's incredible as well. 35 years, I think it is. So, you know, nearly three years for Nath, 35 years. If you're out there and you're clean, if it's a week, if it's a month, if it's a year, if it's five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, be proud of yourself. It's hard to do. It's hard to come to terms with your addiction issues. It's hard to come to terms with your mental mental health, be able to process and, and accept um, those parts of yourself. So be proud of that. Uh, but in the meantime, this this is a really interesting chat. Again, as a, uh, I think I said in the intro to the last podcast, we've done over four hours worth of recording uh, between Nathan and I so far, and, and probably that again in just in conversations off air. So um, I'm so proud of who he is. I'm so proud of who he's become and becoming and continuing to evolve into. And I'm just so happy that we get to do this and record like this. Um, now, if you think you know someone that could benefit from this, if you like what you hear, if you think someone could uh, needs to hear what we've got to say, what Nathan's got to say, or any of our podcasts have got to say, please share the podcast. Please let people know. 
Uh, I love reading your fantastic comments. Please review us. Let us know. Tell us what you think. And most importantly, please, um, please go out and ask somebody how you're going, mate. Please do that. Uh, like I said, if you want to listen and you want to tell someone where to listen, we're on Facebook, or you can listen via the Facebook page. You can listen via the Instagram page. Uh, you can also listen to us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts now, Spotify, and all good podcasting apps. Uh, just search in How You Going Mate, and you will find us. Uh, it'll be the three arrow logo. So uh, that all that, but all that being said, let's um, let's have another chat to Nath. All right. For those of you that listened to part one, thank you so much. The plan actually initially was to do this one first and the other one second, but. I feel like um, I feel like with this conversation we would would have treaded into a lot of rehab territory as well. Yeah, right. no, <laughs> so, so we had to we had to. Uh, I made the call on the way over on the fly to go. All right, let's do rehab first. Um, so we're back with Nath, part two of this, um, and this should air around about oh, I don't know somewhere around about mid December, something like that. Couple of weeks' time, at least. Anyway, um, early Christmas, pre- Christmas present for people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much twentieth of twentieth de- December. Yeah, it'll be summer solstice present, Christmas present. Um, so, the, the, if you didn't listen to the previous episode, shame on you. If you did, you would have heard Nate talk a lot about you know being in rehab and the experiences he, he had in there, and you know understanding what that looked like. But one of the things I'm really interested in, and I'm interested in it in a few reasons, is then. Life after rehab, yep. you know, coming back into our real world, coming back and having to deal with people, it's fair to say, and I'm not the first person to say this to you, there has been an incredible personality shift in you. And the language and the things that you say, the insights you have, the emotional connection you have to yourself now, and obviously the people around you now, is just a very different. Yeah. I, and I, I'm, I'm going to guess, and based on... Again, some Facebook posts, there's been bridges mended, there's been relationships brought back together. Oh, yeah. Um, but coming out of the, for lack of a better term, bubble of rehab. That's the right term. Coming into the real world again, what, what is that? What's the, what, what's the toughest part of that? Um, the, the first few days, <laughs> the toughest part was honesty, yeah. to, be, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't that I wasn't honest. It was that people weren't ready. Yeah. Um, There's I, this new version of you. Yeah, and they... Uh, sweeping generalisation time. Yeah, yeah. Most people don't want to hear what you honestly think. Oh, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. And I say that yeah. um, with the knowledge of, of when I told a lot of people what I honestly thought, they didn't like it. So Yeah. yeah. Um, what I learned in the early days was to say to people when they say, you know, what do you think? I say, listen, if you really want to know, I'll tell you, but I'm brutally honest. So if you really want me to tell you, then ask me. If yeah. you really, if you want someone to tell you, yes, that shirt looks okay, when it looks like a pile of crap, yeah. don't ask me. Yeah. And, you know, some people continued asking. Other people just went, okay, fair enough. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> Um, that was one of the harder parts and the fact that in rehab, everyone, everyone was there for a purpose, right? So everybody was open, you know, this is who I am, love me or leave me. Yeah. 
um, getting back into a world where where a lot of people wear masks, where I used to wear a mask. Yeah. And look, I still do to an extent. Yeah. I don't think anybody is ever is ever completely maskless. Yeah. But I don't, I don't wear the mask as much or as many masks as I used to. You know, um, and getting used to people who were, I still was in the rehab bubble of thinking that everybody was being honest and open with me when a lot of people aren't, you know, that was tough. Um, that were, they were the two, I guess, biggest hurdles for me. Um, I I don't know if I touched on in the first one, but I, I, look, I didn't have enough, uh, annual leave at work to go and do four weeks in rehab. So I had to tell my employer, you know, where I was going and why. Um, which I was very upset that it wasn't a shock to them. <laughs> you know, just we thought you'd never ask. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I thought I hid that so well. If you didn't do, if you didn't come up and ask for it, we were going to send you yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for beating us to it. Um, and then when I got out, I, I sort of sat. My seating arrangement at work was right near the the entrance to the building, right near the lift. Yep. So when you got out of the lift on on the floor, I worked on. You opened the doors and you walked in. The first person you saw was me, yeah. which, you know, probably not the best idea for the business, but it was great for me because everybody talked to me. Hmm. And invariably, when you haven't been in your desk for four weeks, people say, you know, where'd you go? Yeah. How was your holiday? Yeah. And I was honest. So I was at rehab. Hmm. And the first reaction, I think I was telling you before, the first reaction was, ha no, really, where'd you go? Yeah. And I, I was honestly at rehab. Yeah. And no one ran. No one pointed and stared and laughed and grabbed all their friends and yeah. you know made fun of me. Most people wanted to know what it was like, yeah. much like you before. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it like? What was a normal day? You know, where yeah. did you? What did you do? And is it like the movies? Was there a bunch of people in straight jackets? Was there a dude wearing a tutu? Just me. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked tutu. <laughs> but you know, in the old days, it would have had to have been a three-three. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no one uh, I didn't feel like I was judged by anyone yeah you know and the New Year's Eve so as I as I said in, in the last podcast um, and if you didn't listen again shame on you yeah um, I went in well, I had my last um, anything addictive I guess drink, drug, gamble was finished by the 28th of February 2017 um, New Year's Eve that that previous year I had a few boys around um, here for for a drink and yeah. and so on, and uh, I, I dropped the bombshell on them that you know I was probably going to rehab and that I was a a person who has a problem with alcohol and drugs. And after they all got up off the ground from the you know fainting in shock, I've been stunned. Yeah. yeah, everyone was in shock. What? Really? You? Not you? <laughs> all people? Um, everybody sort of said, you know, good on you. Yeah, good on you for doing the right thing. You know, for for looking out for yourself and your family and, you know, if you need anything, let us know. Yeah. So when I got out, I had all of the support networks in place. You know, I had my employer knew what was going on. My, my, my friends all knew. My family all knew. Mm. Um, and it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. Like I know people that came out of rehab, and I, I look. I came out on the Sunday, went back to on the Saturday. I think I went back to work. No, I came out on the Monday, went back to work Tuesday. You know, so there was no break yeah, yeah. because I, I squeezed as much rehab as as I could get into the time that I was allowed to have off. Yeah. But I know people that come out of rehab and went back to work, and there happened to be a celebration, and their boss handed them a glass of champagne because they yeah. had no idea where they were. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know how you would, how I would have dealt with that. Yeah. So I'm grateful that I was open and honest. Um, when I came out of rehab, they they gave me a, a strict set of instructions. You know, and uh, and they say suggestions. And don't I'm, drink, don't get, yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. take drugs. <laughs> um, Try not to be an asshole. We did, and, and I'm just for those. Obviously, you can't see me, but I'm just grabbing my phone because what we did in in uh, South Pacific is an aftercare plan. And I'm just trying to find because I took a photo. Or what, what I didn't. My therapist took a photo of it for me because you know I'd have a phone there. Yeah. And he he texted it to me after. I had left, and I'm just going to flick through and find that while I'm while I'm talking, yeah. um, just to remind me of a few things. But in there, in the aftercare plan, is a whole bunch of stuff like triggers, and it's all just written on a whiteboard and and yeah. in different colours to signify different things. But one of the suggestions they give you, and I can't remember if I touched on this in the original podcast, is to do ninety meetings in ninety days. Yep, yep, you talked about that. Yeah, and, yeah, and the theory is that it takes three months to create a new habit, and. I, I did that. I think um, I exceeded that quite wildly. I think yeah. I did 117 in 90 days. Yeah. Um, you know, get a sponsor. I think my second my second week I was out of rehab, I had a sponsor. You know, work the program. Yeah. We started doing the steps the following week. So week three I, out of rehab, I started working the steps of, of GA. Yeah. And my... my um, but the, well, the guy taking me through has a the same aside from drugs has the same problem as me. You know, he's an alcoholic with a, right. with a gambling problem, and he um is such a wonderful, such a wonderful, loving, caring kind of guy. You know, they said pick the person who has pick someone to be your sponsor who has what you want. Yeah. And initially, I thought that meant like a nice car or or a good house yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever. And what it actually means is pick somebody who has the 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 mentality and the and the spirituality personality and the, trait yeah who and yeah. this this guy every time he shared he shared on the program he shared on his problem and how he overcome it and he just seemed to have just this kind of a an air of of serenity about him mm. and his wife is in the program as well and she's an amazing woman and again just so extremely calm and relaxed and not not anxious and mm. you know happy with their life mm. and i was like dude i've never had that mm. that's what i want and I, I remember thinking that it was like high school you know i'm gonna go and ask this girl out on a date and she's gonna go go away stupid <laughs> that's what i thought this guy was gonna do i honestly thought that i would go up and say excuse me would you mind at all being my sponsor and he was yeah. gonna go what you nah. you can't get it <laughs> you're kidding aren't you? I need someone i can help <laughs> yeah. wasting my time with you you loser and you know he agrees straight away yeah. and you know we've been in contact probably minimum every day or maybe every second day sometimes mm. For the last, now what did it be today? 979 days since I walked out of rehab. Yeah. Or was it a little bit less than 976? It'll be Christmas Eve will be a thousand days since I walked out of rehab. Wow. And, you know, I've been in contact with him, if not every one of those, for 99% of them. Yeah. And, you know, that was the suggestions. And it was ironic, the reading, because I, I do daily readings now. I, um, yeah. There's a really, really cool Facebook page that I'll give a quick plug to. is Oz Daily, Oz Daily Meditations, I think it's called. And 
there's a guy that, that goes on there and he posts the daily readings from about 24 different fellowships every day. He posts them in there at 4 a.m. every day, never misses. And I read the ones that are relevant to me and I save them on my phone and I read my daily affirmations of the inner child that right. I got from SPP right. and my GA one for the day, which is the only one that this guy doesn't post online for some reason. Um, and I read those and I photo, take a photo of them, I write a gratitude list, I take a photo of that and I send that around to a group of people. Like the gratitude list yeah. goes to some people, not everyone. Um, other people get the, the all of the readings and so on. I send those around. And two days ago, the reading was... Because I quote this thing, this saying that I heard early in recovery and I quote it quite a bit at, at meetings. And I could never remember where I heard it. And I always say, you know, I heard this at a meeting some one time. I heard this at a meeting and, you know... Yeah. But now I know, two days ago I read it and it was in a reading yeah. that I read. And it, was on, it must have been on that specific day that I read it and it just stuck in my head. Yeah. The suggestions of the program are simply that, suggestions. We suggest that you do the program. Yeah. Much like when you jump out of an aeroplane with a parachute, they suggest that you pull the ripcord. Yeah. No one's forcing you yeah, to do either to. one. Yeah. And I say this, you know, you can plummet straight to the ground if you want. Me, I'm going to pull the ripcord. I'm going to do what was suggested. And that's what I did when I got out of rehab, man. I did everything that they suggested I do. And what they suggested to me basically got me to meetings to find a sponsor Mm. and get the suggestions continued from other people Mm. along the line. Because obviously South Pacific's not going to be in my pocket every day. No. So they basically, or they essentially send you out into the world and say... Go find your tribe mm-hmm. and listen to what your tribe tell you to do. You've got a bag of tools. Yep. Go and use your tools mm-hmm. to work in your tribe. Yep. And listen to the oldest, the, the elders of the tribe, mm. and do what they suggest you do, and you'll be okay. Yeah. That's what I've done. I don't know what happens if you don't do that. I've got an idea, but I don't want to find out. I suggest it's. The old it's, Nate comes it's, back. It's not the best. Yeah. It's not the best option. Yeah. So, uh, so say for example, you're going to find, you, you touched on the fact that, you know, you're out of that bubble, you, you're away from that, you're in, back in the world. Yeah. We just had Melbourne Cup. No, no bet for Nathan? I had no idea. Oh, like I knew it was on. Yeah. Um, I work from home most days of the week. I don't, I only go into the office on Thursdays. Yeah. So obviously Melbourne Cup's on a Tuesday. Yeah. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't enter my yeah. my world. Your psyche. It doesn't enter my world at all. Yeah. Um, there are people that I know, like like one guy that I know. I don't know if he. Well, he didn't do it this year because he was away. But last year he checked back into because he's still very close to the people at rehab. The yeah. rehab he went through. It wasn't South Pacific, and he checks back into that rehab on a on the first Tuesday of November. Oh, really? Just to be safe. Yeah. Now, that's his. That's his business. That's yeah, his yeah, choice. Yeah. Me, I. What was I doing at three o'clock on on Melbourne Cup Day, trying to get a hold of a of a potential new member for Gamblers Anonymous? Yeah. On the phone, and I was having trouble getting a hold of him. And someone said to me, "You know, why do you think he's not answering his, his phone?" I said, "Mate, he's a compulsive gambler. He's still in action, and it's three o'clock on the first Tuesday of November. He's in a pub or a club or a tab somewhere." I had an idea that that's where he'd be, and it ended up that's where he was. That's not where he was, but that was where I thought he was. Yeah. Um, but that's what I was doing on that day. Um, it just didn't... I, I still don't know who won. 
I have no idea. I have no idea who was even in the race. Yeah, I can't even remember. Well, there were some horses. Yeah, there, was, there was a whole group of horses. Yeah, I'm, sta- I'm starting to reach a point with it. I'm starting to to see some of Grant's um, with the argument of, you know, who are we to take a bunch of animals, sit a bloke on the back and whip, them to, whip the shit out of them until they, you know, because, again, I think in this Melbourne Cup we had somebody die. We had a horse die. Inevitable. Yeah. It happens yeah. almost every year. Yeah. So I'm sort of starting to come to, you know, the agreement with the, the animal cruelty element of it, you know. And I've, I've I've got a woman that I work with who, you know, saying up to the cup. That was on her desk. She didn't go into the afternoon tea at work. She didn't buy a sweepstakes ticket. She went, no, I'm consciously objecting to this one. And, and <clears throat> you know, the funny part of that is I, will, I almost said I'll bet you. <laughs> I will say that not one person in your office said yeah. to her, oh, come on, it can't hurt to have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I can't think of any, anyone that did, actually. I know people that have said, I don't I don't gamble because I'm a compulsive gambler. Yeah. And the answer that comes back yeah. quite frequently is, oh, come on, one bet won't hurt. And that's, that, that's part of this conversation as well. How often does that happen? Um, it hasn't happened to me for quite a while. But it happens on a... It, it's, it's happened. Yeah. Um, Look, I, you can have I, one drink. I had someone very close to me ask me, you know, how long until you can have a drink? I'm like, this is not a, a thing where I graduate and then I'm okay to drink again. It's this is a lifetime thing, and what? that was just their their lack of understanding. It wasn't there was no maliciousness in it. Yeah, there was yeah. no I want to take you out or yeah. anything like that. It was like the only way we used to relate was over a bit. Yeah, and they were. Asking, they're asking a question under that question of when can we catch up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I inevitably, I ended up saying, you know what? Why don't we have a coffee? Yeah. Well, you have a beer, I'll have a coke. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's yeah. do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But we don't need to have. If I'm not having a drink, that yeah. doesn't mean that we can't catch up. Yeah. I asked my. We were talking about my dad off air. I'm. I'm really proud of him. He's so based on my calculations. Twelve thousand seven hundred eighty-eight days sober. That's crazy. Which is thirty-four years. And he tell you he was tricked into his first AA meeting. No doubt. Um, but Most he, of us he, were. But he went. And he, he went and he stayed. So he can remember the last drink he had, very very vividly. But um, I've often said to him, I go, do, do you ever see a scenario where you would have a beer again? Like, do you ever see? And he goes, Yep. The day that I get told I've got twenty-four hours to live. He goes, then I might consider it because I know that, you know, there's, the consequences aren't going to be terrible. But from what I can tell, he doesn't appear to really want it, you know. And he's in plenty of situations and he's been in situations with me where alcohol is there and he's just gone, no, I'm right, soda water or lemon squash or whatever. Well, yeah. Um, look, there's, there's, there's the, the one incident that, that jumps into my head, right? I, I don't partake... And this is not ever. I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone should be like this or everyone shouldn't be like this. Mm. This is just the way I do it. I don't partake in any gambling of any kind. No, nah. um, I don't. I don't play bingo. No I mean, lotto. I don't do lotto. I don't do free raffles. Um, not a meat I, raffle. I, not I, a ham raffle. None of that. Nah, nah. I don't do a coin toss. I don't. We got men. The the family still go. We go to. Um, the country club up the road here for, for dinner. I'm a member because you have to be a member, but I don't swipe my card when I walk in. Mm. I don't do any of that sort of silliness. People, people, people say, mate, if you swipe your card, you can win a car. I said, I've got a car. Mm. I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't want a car? So I'm, I'm fine. Just, it's okay. Mm. 
and we were going to a thing at work and it was just like a, 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 a company-wide meeting and they were handing out free raffle tickets and the prize was an hour off work. Hmm. And the, the lady at the door tried to give me a ticket and I said no and she said, come on, it's free. I said, no, I, I don't want one, I don't gamble. She said, it's not gambling. I said, I'm a compulsive gambler, please stop trying to force it on me. And I know this lady very well hmm. and she actually put the ticket in my suit in my jacket pocket and I took it out and I threw it on the ground. I looked at her and I said, I don't fucking gamble. Mm. Fuck off. Mm. My exact words. And she was shocked. Mm. And about two hours later, or there, oh, it was the next day because I left that meeting early. So the next day she came over to me and she actually said, look, I'm really sorry about that. I just sort of got caught up in the moment and I'm really sorry. Mm. I do understand your situation and I'm, you know, mm. please, I'm sorry. And I was, I didn't, I didn't hold a grudge. One of the things they, they taught me in, in GA and AA, and it's not easy, yeah. is that resentment to the number one killer of, of alcoholics. Yeah. And if I hold on to that resentment, it will eventually cause me to drink. Yeah. And people, like I had this, this is a funny one, I had this discussion with, with a group the other day, and I was trying to explain to them that there is no such thing as a small resentment. And people were like, oh, okay, if, if you were molested as a child against somebody cutting you off in traffic. Mm. One of those is a small resentment and one of those is a big resentment. Mm. I said, well, no, there's no such thing as a small resentment. They said, well, what do you mean? I said, okay, I'll give you the example. Um, I get cut off in traffic, small resentment. Yep, so I'm angry about that. I get to McDonald's and I claim my free coffee because I've got the app and I've bought five coffees, Mm. but my coffee happens to have an extra shot that I buy every day. And the lady at the counter says, well, you've got to pay 40 cents for the extra shot in your coffee. I've got the shits. So I slam down the 40 cents. And now my little uh, resentment about the guy in traffic mm. has just had another little resentment dumped on top of it. Mm-hmm. And then another one and another one and another one. And I'm at the pub. Mm. Now, the fact that that might be a little resentment if I hold on to it, mm. it's going to get big. Mm-hmm. It'll grow because they don't stay small. No. You know, they always call for their friends. And their friends, the resentment calls its friends and all of these little resentments mm. get together and hang out together and they convince you how good of an idea it would be to have a drink to get rid of them. And I, th- I think for an addict of any description, you don't need a real big resentment. No. You know, you can find an excuse in just about anything. I absolutely. Yeah. I only ever drank on days that ended in Y, mate. Yeah. You know, uh, I, one of the questions, the 20 questions for, for Gamblers Anonymous is, did you ever drink to escape worry, boredom, loneliness, grief or loss? And my answer is, and then some. If all of the above. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and other things. I drank when I was too happy. Yeah. It's the Australian culture. You've just got a promotion. Let's have a drink. You yeah. just got fired. Let's have a drink. Yeah. What? Where else do you drink for both getting a promotion and getting fired? Yeah. Come on, mate. We'll take you out for a beer. Yeah, you'll be right. Your wife just left you? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, come on. We'll have a beer. You'll be right. Yeah. Oh, you just got married. Congratulations. Let's have a beer. I'm becoming... Re- we, and we spoke about this, touched on this in the last one, and touch, off, off, uh, touch on it off air as well. I'm becoming really aware of the times that we drink and the reasons that we drink. And starting, and as I think we said, starting to form the opinion that you might have an alcohol problem. As you say, you don't need to be the wino in the gutter. 
But yeah, like, how often do you just uh, and and try not to be judgmental with it, but just sit there and watch people and go, yeah, you, I think you're an issue. Because here's the truth of it is as well. This is, and you may disagree with me on this. I don't know what your very first experience with beer was like, but beer doesn't actually taste that good when you first have it. <laughs> I was talking to my son about this. Corona is my favourite example. Yeah. Here's this drink that's so good that I have to put a lime in it to make it drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> that, that means literally that it tastes like shit. I had um, Carlton Zero, yeah. zero alcohol beer. Somebody, it was uh, literally yesterday actually, at a party and uh, on a family luncheon and they bought Carlton Zero. And they said, oh, I said, what's it like? Does it taste, does it actually taste like beer? And I went, have, a, have one. And I had one, and it tastes like beer. But my 15-year-old was there like, can I try that? And I said, zero alcohol, of course you can, it's a soft drink. They sell it in Coles, and the, you know. <laughs> and I said, yeah, have a mouthful. And she had a mouthful and just went, is that what beer tastes like? And I went, yeah. She went, you can have that. Yeah, she goes, I'm never going to drink beer then. <laughs> Mate, my favourite example, right? And Sharon will back this up, because it sounds like a G up. Yeah. It was her 21st. Yep. And we were setting up during the day, and she used to have a Rottweiler named Rocky. Yep. And I dropped a, um, a VB on the concrete, yep. and it smashed, and beer went everywhere. And Rock went over and had a lick at it, and then turned around, pissed on it, and then drank it. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, this, is, this is so bad, I need to wee on it to make it taste good. <laughs> right? That was the point where I went, you know what, VB's probably not a good beer. Nah. But, you know, and I was thinking of this on the way over. We put Coke in bourbon. Yeah, we put coke in bourbon because bourbon's really hard to drink until you actually accustom yourself to bourbon. Yeah, yeah, it's like smoking. Yeah, yeah. Like nobody enjoyed their first cigarette. Nah, every oh, I hated it. It yeah. tastes like shit. Yeah, it wasn't until the fifteenth one yeah. that I went. You know what? I can do this now. Yeah, yeah. but I had to force those fifteen. But that that second um, that second beer and that third beer, and then when you start to build those associations of beer, and then when it becomes a thing that where you go. Yeah, actually, when I when I feel shitty and I have that couple of beers, I actually feel a bit better. Not necessarily because I'm super drunk, just because I'm, you know... It's it's associated feeling. It's, it's, it's like people, you know, if you... Like, my mum's passed away, right? And she used to wear this, this perfume, one, and two, she used to eat peppermint lifesavers. And she used to eat peppermint lifesavers by the hundred. Mm. You know, she... she Never without a packet of peppermint lifesavers. Mm. And later in life, when, when money was a bit tight, she used to have these mints that you bought for you know 50 cents for a 1,000 of them or something yeah. always. But peppermint lifesavers and cigarettes. And if I ever... I'll be walking down the street and I'll smell peppermint lifesavers and the image of mum comes across my head. Yeah. All right? And that makes me feel good. Now, if every time when you were younger, you know, 18, yeah, mm. every time you, you, you remember the taste of alcohol was fun times mm. with your mates, mm-hmm. it's not the alcohol that's making you feel good. Yep. It's the associated memory of mm. feel-good times. Mm-hmm. And the, the funny part for me is that there weren't many of those feel-good times, to be quite honest. Like, <laughs> I heard a young guy at a meeting share, share this exact... This is the way he shared it, and I'll, I'll repeat it word for word, it was he began to drink competitively at the age of 14. And that was exactly how I drank. Mm. And used drugs, and gambled, and ate, and, you know, mm. whatever else. Mm. 
it, everything was competitive, and I don't know who I was competing with. I think myself. Um, but alcohol was just a. I, I didn't like or not like the taste. Mm. I never drank for the taste. I drank for the effect. Mm. And I, I I didn't want that. I'm half tipsy. Let's have some fun. Mm. I wanted the oblivion. Mm. Mm. And that, that's. Like I remember drinking with mates down at the creek at Ashcroft. Mm. You know, this is not an ambient setting. <laughs> this is not, no. it's not. You look back and go. Remember the time we were at the casino? <laughs> this is this is four blokes drinking. We were having of, cocktails in yeah, the raffle. Yeah. This is four blokes drinking straight Black Douglas Scotch, which is garbage to start with, in a creek in Ashcroft. You know, this is not I want a high I class. Feel like I know who the four blokes are. Anyway. No doubt. <laughs> and Tawny Port. Oof, yeah. You know, I had a fight with a guy, a, an Islander fellow, who was about the same size as me, maybe a little bit bigger, and had a large piece of wood because he drank the last out of a bottle of Tawny Port. You know, I'm not proud of this, yeah. but that's how my drinking was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I never, I don't remember ever making a good decision while drinking, aside from marrying my wife. Mm. You know, I was drinking the day of my wedding. Mm. You know, that's the only good decision I ever made drinking. Yeah. And I wasn't drunk. I never made a good decision drunk, I can guarantee yeah. you that. I, I mean, I, I woke up re- regretting a whole shitload of bad decisions when yeah. I was drunk. Yeah. And it's... and it's Oh, shit. You know, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We had, <laughs> we, we had a work function the other night and um, I said to one of the... Uh, somebody said to me, are you having a beer tonight? And I said, no, nah, no, I won't. And again, that's as I was saying. You start to think about why you drink, and, and talking to even a friend of mine today about being consciously aware of where you drink, why you drink. Am I just drinking because it is a force of habit? Oh, I'm at dinner, I have wine, or oh, everyone else is having a beer, I have a beer. Mm. But I said, somebody said, "Oh, you're not having a drink." I said, "No, I'm going to probably go soon." They said, "Oh, you're going to leave at nine o'clock," and I said, "Yeah," because nothing good happens after nine thirty. It's usually three, but at work functions, it's 9.30. Oh, yeah, it's definitely 9.30 at work functions. And, um, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go because I don't need to be here. And I know, and, and I've done it. I'm not going to stand there and get, like, 10 years ago, I was that guy. Oh, yeah. Doing stupid shit at the work function, you know. And then fronting up to work the next day going, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Somebody said to me one time, oh, man, you were, you were cutting it up on the dance floor. I went, no, no, it wasn't me. I don't dance. And they went, no, no, you were. And I went, no, I, I don't dance. And then they showed me a video of me dancing. <laughs> and I just went, I had no recollection of it. Man, one of the, the funniest little meme things that I saw on Facebook was if, if you're upset or offended or impressed by something drunk me did, take it up with drunk me. That has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with sober me. Yeah, yeah. Sober and, me did do that shit. And look, I, I've been told that I gave a speech at my niece's engagement party. It was no. here. Yeah. I have no recollection whatsoever yeah. of it. Yeah. None at all. Yeah. I don't know whether I made her proud or I upset her or I embarrassed her. She's still talking to you? Yeah. Oh, well, she, you uh, probably did okay. I assume I did okay. Yeah. No one, no one um, told, rang me the next day and said, I can't believe you said that. Yeah. Um, I do remember having a conversation with one of her friends about how awesome my light switches were. <laughs> this is what I do, apparently. Um, so there's this 20, 21 year old girl absolutely enthralled. Yeah. Because this, this, this 40 year old bloke's going, Take out your light switches. If you hold it on, it dims. 
<laughs> Who gives a rat, old man? Go away. Um, but, you know, like, and that's that was one of the better nights. Yeah. You know, some of the some of the 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 stuff that I remember, you know, and I'm scared about the stuff I don't. Yeah. Because the stuff I do remember is pretty shitty. Yeah. And the stuff I don't remember, if, if I'm blocking that from my memory, Jesus. Christ. Your brain's done you a big favour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There must be some stuff there that's not cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, look, we all, we, everyone that knows me and you knows knows Brenton. Yeah. One of my better examples of, of drunken stupidity at high school, if you remember me, I was a lot thinner than I am now. I think my playing weight when I was playing footy and I was at high school was about 78 kilos. Yeah. Brenton's was about 110. And we were having a good-natured argument at the high school where we used to drink. <laughs> Again, classy. We were drinking at the high school and... We're having a, a semi-good-natured argument about, you know, football and blah, blah, blah. And I remember saying to him, I'd run over the top of you. And he just went, if you think you can. Uh, so <laughs> out we went on the grass uh, and I ran at him and then sidestepped him. And he went, well, of course you can do that. Oh, I'm not very good at lateral movement. Uh, um, but you said you could run over me. And I went, of course I can. Uh, and ran straight at him. And he picked me up and sat me flat on my back. And I don't think I breathed for about 40 minutes. Yep. And that was a good decision that I made drink <laughs> compared to others. But, you know, it just, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't ever make good decisions on, on, and that's, you know, that's some of the non-indictable um, stuff. Yeah, just stuff we could admit to yeah, yeah, I'm not putting, on a recorded telecast. That's it. I'm not putting anything out there that's recorded or could be listened to by authorities. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just not. It's not a lifestyle that I want, and it's yeah. not a lifestyle that that I want to pass on. You get annoyed with yourself. It took you forty years to realise that. Well, let's say 20 years because, you, you know, 25 years. No, I started drinking at 14. Okay, so, tw- so, so let's say 26 20, years. 25, 26 years, yeah. yeah. Um, yes and no. Yeah. Um, would I have met the people? See, this is my whole everything happens for a reason yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Would I have met my sponsor if I had have come into the rooms 10 years ago? Would I have met him then? Yeah. Well, yes, because he's 10 years sober. Yeah. But I would have met him, you know, he would have he would have been coming at the same time as me, yeah. you know, we wouldn't have had I wouldn't have met the people that I've met now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, everything would have been different, yeah. but I was not ready. Yeah. You know, like you said in the last one, you know, when you're yeah. when the, the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. I've seen people that I thought were ready walk into a into a meeting or whatever and, and I sat there and gone, this guy gets it and then the next day not turn up, yeah. next meeting not turn up and haven't seen him again. Yeah. You know, other people I've seen walk in and I go, nah, they're no chance. Yeah. And they're now two years sober. Yeah. You know, when you're ready, you're ready and there's no no one that can judge that. There's no anything. But what, what I am now is... And I saw this on Facebook. Oh, God, I spent a lot of time on Facebook. I saw this on Facebook as well. For the amount of shit that you do, honestly. Oh, man. <laughs> you, I, I it's like, God, where do you fit it all in, Dizzy? Do you have a 28-hour day that you're not telling us all about? <laughs> I've got a clone. <laughs> um, and it was just a, a very simple picture, right? And it had matches lined up. Yeah. And one yeah. match pulled out. Yeah. And the ones on the left burnt and the ones on the on the right weren't. Yeah. And it said the power of stepping away. Yeah. And... 
for me stepping away like my, regardless of how I feel or don't feel about my my father and my family origin he um he did the best he knew how hmm. you know I can't whether whether it was it was a good job or a bad job I don't, time will tell no. but I don't doubt that he didn't know any better than what he did yeah you know and I grew up though in an environment where everybody drank and yeah. everybody smoked and everybody gambled and everybody did drugs when it was available and yeah. it was just that was just what you did yeah and the fact that I turned out as a as a an alcoholic compulsive gambler with a drug problem is not a surprise to anyone who was is a part of my my circle of friends or the yeah. or the the clan the Peterson clan yeah you know it's just it's not a shock yeah and what that tells me now in recovery is that if I don't bring that home to my children yeah they may still turn out as alcoholic compulsive gambling drug addicts yeah. But I'm giving them a better chance. I made the comment actually when I first walked in here tonight to a young fella that he's about the age that we were when we first first met in high school. Yeah, um, you know, is he a different? Is that is he a different? Like, do you look at him and go, "There's little Nathan," or do you go, "No, nah, mate, you are a completely different kid. You've got a completely different path ahead of you." <laughs> I mean, personality-wise, there'll be some similarities. But yeah, in terms there's, a, of, there's a lot of similarities, but he's a lot smarter than I was. And in terms of what you call it, don't give yourself, don't discredit yourself, mate. You were smart. No, 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 he, mate. He's um, when I say smarter, he's he, he's a lot different to me scholastically mm. more than anything. You know, he's still the the cheeky little shit that I was when I was at home. Mm. The problem was I took that to school too. Mm. You know, he doesn't. Mm. He's he's uh, people and, and in public as well. You know, I, uh, family, friends, friends of, of you know, he's been out to other kids' houses and had sleepovers with friends and all that sort of stuff. And invariably, the the feedback comes back. You know, he's such a kind, well mannered, lovely young yeah. man. You know, ain't no one ever said that about me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his teachers all say, you know, he can't be more helpful. He's great at school. He's quiet. He's well mannered. He's all of the things that I wasn't, yeah. you know, he, he's not loud. He's not, doesn't need to be center of attention. Yeah. He's, uh, but he has got a lot of my traits. And one of the ones that really bothers me more than anything else is his anger. Yeah. You know, it's, it's anger is something that I see. I, I got away with a lot of my anger by playing footy. Yeah. You know, he, he used to do that, but he's had a year off cause of his knee um, he's had a bit of an injury and I can see the anger coming closer to the surface where yeah. mine sort of came out more than anything when I was 19, 20, when I stopped playing, you know, his is coming out at 12 and if it, it and if it's not checked, yeah, it's going to burn him. Yeah. I think that in five cent psychology, we did this last time as well. Yeah, the yeah. difference is, is that you'll see that yeah. your, your old man wouldn't have seen that. Oh, he would have liked it. Yeah, he would have been okay with it, but and and the, I think yeah, like the level of insight that you're showing now is just 
incredible. It's like a different it just world. is. Yeah. And and compared to the old Nathan and, and, and that sort of thing. So the fact that you kind of spot it now and you go, Okay, we can we can get that sorted out before it becomes a thing, before you've you know, before you're sitting in a room one day and the therapist says, Oh, I treated your dad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you're Nathan's boy. Yeah, Nathan. <laughs> I can see in you. Um, um look, it's I I try and give him the the toolkit that I that I was given. Yeah, yeah. You know, but again, if he's not ready, he's not ready. He's not. No. Kind of, he, I can see sometimes in him where we're engaged and he's listening and we're getting somewhere, and then other times I can see in his eyes him looking at me the way I looked at my old man. Yeah. With and I say it to him, I said, "Mate, you're looking at me going, God, I wish this old bastard had shut up." Yeah. I said, and I get it. Yeah. You know, I get that. Yeah. I understand it. If you choose to listen, listen. If you don't, then you're going to learn the same way I had to learn. Yeah. I just sincerely hope if, if if nothing, if I don't give my children anything else, I sincerely hope that I give them an early stop to the problems. Yeah. I'm guessing the difference is as well, though, that, you know, your fists aren't flying. My fists aren't flying <clears> and <throat> Sharon's of far far different woman than my mum was mm. Mm. you know my mum I loved and still love mm. you know don't we don't I haven't stopped loving her mm. um, I always thought she was a very strong woman mm. uh, again reflections some stuff that I've that I've worked through you know I I had to write you know when I was in rehab I had to write some some letters well I didn't have to but one of the exercises was writing letters of grief grief mm. letters mm. you know and they had to think of people and what they had to think of who you would write the letters to mm. and you know one was was mum and that was very quick <laughs> done moved aside mm. and i thought you know I, I, up, I wrote a letter to my addiction because i was grieving the loss of that mm. and i was talking to someone about this the other day my best friend in this entire world for a long time was a group of people that I like to call drink, drug, and gambling. Mm. They were my best friends, mm. and I lost them. You know, and if I didn't grieve for them properly, um, there's a big chance that they'd be resurrected and come back into my life. Mm. I had to to go through the grief stages, and mm. it was it was a really interesting process to go through. But I wrote a letter to them, mm. you know, and those three things got me through a lot of shit in my life. They kept me from killing myself a lot of times, mm. you know, and they they worked to help my problem until they stopped working to help my problem and became the problem itself. Mm. And, you know, it is what it is. Without those, uh, I probably wouldn't have lived through my 20s. Mm. You know, that's that's just simple. But the other one that, that I, I then looked at mums and I had to go back and, and re-look at that mm. because... And I'll share this with Sharon. You know, one of one of my, and I've shared it with a few people. One, one of my mum's favourite sayings was, "Don't tell your father." Mm. You know, here's twenty dollars. Don't tell your father. Mm. You know, have an ice cream. Don't tell your father. And when I think about that, what it taught me to do was deceive people. Mm. It taught me how to lie mm. and to manipulate people into lying with me. Mm. Now, how did all that sort of work? What I think of my relationship with with Jack and I wonder what I would what I would feel as a father mm. if I could see my wife having a relationship with with Jack mm. and 
them two having their own relationship that doesn't include me. Mm. You know, I would probably feel very, very left out and very don't belong and, and all that mm. sort of stuff that, you know, I'm familiar with those sort of feelings and disconnected from my family. Mm. And I, I could I could see how I could get to the point of, well, fuck you, mm. you know, and that I could sort of look at my dad and go, you know, well, maybe that's why he was or is like he was. Mm. If that's the case, you know, yeah. like amateur psychology hour, maybe yeah. that's maybe that's what all what all went down there. Yeah. So you know, I had to look at that relationship. I really had no idea how to get there anyway. No, I just no clue how to actually. No concept. And we've said this a few times in various forms. No concept of how to connect with that emotional, you no. know, version of himself and version of you. No, it would have felt very uncomfortable, at which point he probably would have gone to the pub to get rid of that uncomfortableness. Which I'm going to hazard a guess, and then that was pretty much described you three month, three years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't deal with uncomfortable. If something was uncomfortable, I needed to be away from it. Mm. And most of the time it was me that was uncomfortable, but you can't yeah. get away from me. Yeah. I'm, I'm stuck with me. Yeah. You know, So and that was it. So I, I, I guess dealing with all that sort of stuff, Mm. in the safe bubble of rehab is great mm. but then you, you come out and the, like like we were talking about before you know the people aren't as open they're not as as welcoming to be, to you being open mm. um when someone asks me how i'm going and i turn around and say well i'm not doing very well i've got a problem with alcohol and drugs and gambling and today i'm feeling some shame um, <laughs> oh shit I'm not in community bloody hell people, people tend to go um okay okay sir would you would, would, you, you, like, like, would you like a menu and a seat would you like, would you like sugar in your coffee or no this is McDonald's mate just order a Big Mac and get on with it would you you're in the drive through for God's sake you know so I had to sort of become accustomed to that and find yeah. but I also had to find people that I could share like that with yeah you know, and I found that in meetings. I found that in the weirdest of places. I found it with my wife. Yeah. Who knew, Who knew? that the woman <laughs> that you're spending the rest of your life with, you could actually share how you're feeling You've with? Been with since you were, what, 17, 18, 20, 20. We got together. And three kids. Yeah. Yeah. Three yeah. kids. Businesses. Businesses, houses. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually share how you're feeling. Oh, That's weird. There's a revelation, folks. We can stop the podcast now. That's, That's it. all we need to do. Men, talk to your wives. Yeah. Mikey actually said that a couple of times ago, um, a couple of podcasts ago, and I said to him, you know, what's your, what's your go-to and he go, for keep yourself mentally healthy? He goes, share. I talk to my wife. I tell her. Hmm. This is how I am now. This is how I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. And I said, you know, and does that often involve you? And we, we, I think we joked about this affair. Mikey says that he has to achieve something, and even if that's folding a basket of washing. Yeah. So I went, okay, cool. So you were, we're going to save marriages today because men out there, if you're feeling shit, go and fold the washing and tell your wife you feel upset. She's going to be super happy with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Look, women do it so much better than men. Yeah. And that's a generalization again. Yeah. But and I, I was saying this to you off air and I, yeah. I mentioned it to the, the friend that I was talking to on Friday on Messenger. Men are stupid. Yeah. And the problem with that is that we all think we are uh, unique. Yeah. And... In some cases, we're terminally new, unique. Yeah. yeah, and we bottle up all this stuff. And you ask me how I'm going, and I and I'm so petrified that you're going to think I'm weak if yeah. I tell you the truth yeah, yeah. that I that I say, 
good thanks. Yeah. And then you're sitting there going, well, he's good. I must be the only one feeling this way, so therefore I must say I'm good too. Yeah. And we all st- sit around talking about the football and all that bullshit, yeah. which, I mean, has its place. Yeah. But the, very rarely do you see a, a group of guys especially, yeah. but even one-on-one, actually talk about how they're feeling. Yeah. Because it's weak. Yeah. Yeah. The thing, I think the trick is, and I've thought about this a couple of times because we, we've spoken about this, touched on this before, the trick is everyone's going to ask you how you're going. Yes. But for some people, it's a social convention. Yep. For some people, as we joked, it's you're at Macca's. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, and we've, we've, we've touched on this. It's finding that group of people. You know, you've got close mates that you can't have that conversation with just because emotionally they're not even there. They're not in that place that they're able to do that with you. Yeah. You know, we are now, and yeah. and you mentioned Brenton before, he's probably close somewhere in that space. Oh, absolutely. And you've got a group of people around you, GA, NA, AA, X Rehab, yeah. that, you know. And it comes from the weirdest quarters. I'll tell you that. Um, there's a guy that I went to school with, that we went to school with, yeah. that I played footy with and, you know, we hung out and all that. But I never actually, and, I, it, you know, Gre- uh, Greg's his name, yeah. and I never actually thought, and I said this to him, I said, I, I, I know that you don't like me. Yeah. I always thought that we never got on. Yeah. And turns out, we did. Yeah. And it was just my stupid insecurity. Yeah. And we've had some really, really good conversations. Yeah. And, you know, he's not the person that I had in my head. Mm. It's quite weird. Mm. The person that I had in my head is not even remotely close to the person he is. Yeah. It's crazy. And another one who, who lives up in Queensland now, who I was talking to on the phone, and it was the first time it had ever happened with, with, with him. And it, we'll talk, I can't remember what we were talking about. And it was hanging up. And he goes, all right, mate, I'm going to say goodbye. I love you. Yeah. And I was like... Yeah, I love you too, man. Yeah. And it was it felt a little bit uncomfortable. Jars to start with, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, but it was right. Yeah. It uh, and you know Yeah, I, guy, I do amazing that with, guy. I do that with Steve Wisby. Every time, you know, when we talk to each other. And I'll quite often and he'll end a text message with love you and a little X symbol. Yeah. And I'm like, Love you too, mate. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And twenty years ago, if someone had said that to me, I would have gone, You what are you, poof? Yeah. Five years ago, you would have said that, I reckon. Maybe. Maybe a week ago. <laughs> yeah, but but, <laughs> you know, but it, it is. It's, re- it's really interesting, isn't it? That changing dynamic where you can go, well, I can actually admit to this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I the, and you say, it's funny you say, you know, that there's some people that, you know, I have a relationship with that aren't yeah. close to it. There's really not because I don't have relationships with people that I'm not connected to. Yeah. That's just. Yeah, I, 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 and I relate it back to my father-in-law, right? And yeah. this is the funny. He, he was, he was the guy that, you know, I was only thinking about this the other day. He would be in his sixties now if he was still around, which means that when me and Sharon met, he was in his forties, yeah. which is around the same age as I am now. Yep. And if my daughter came home with me, <laughs> I would have behaved exactly the same way as he did to me originally. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. No doubt whatsoever. Yeah. But we ended up being quite close and it was a guy that, that you know, I loved and respected. Yeah. And and still do and I, I would I would love to be able to ask him for his advice today. Yeah. Because he always gave good advice, but he did it in a way that made you feel like maybe it was your idea all all, all along. Yeah. You yeah. know, he was yeah. a really giving man. 
Almost a bit of motivational interviewing type stuff. Yeah, yeah. and one of his um, one of his sayings, he was a greyhound trainer, and he'd say, you know, I've got these two dogs. One's a winner and wins a lot of races, and one's a loser. I'm going to get rid of the loser because it costs me the same amount to feed both. And one's giving me something and the yeah. other one's not. Well, I sort of, and it's a bit mercenary, but I look at, at relationships and connections much the same. Yeah. I've only got a certain amount of time yeah. in, in a day. You know, I can either spend it with someone who I'm not connected to, who I can't really communicate with, who's just someone who I yeah. have a very platonic surface relationship with, yeah. or I can spend that time with someone who I have a deep connection with, someone who who is reciprocal and I, and I can work together and, and actually get better in my life. Yeah. I've got to make that decision. Yeah. You know, and in the old days, I would have picked the first guy. Yeah. But now I, I need to, to work out who I want to spend my time with. Yeah. And probably 60% of the time, 70% of the time, it's just my wife and kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I never wanted to spend time at home before. I just didn't. Yeah. I, home was a scary place. Yeah. You know, not because of the people in it, but because me being in there was scary. Yeah, because you had to stop and actually think about yeah. who you I were for a I couldn't be off my while. face when I was around my kids. That's, that's no. not cool. No. You know, and... That meant that I had to be in the moment, and oh, yeah. in the moment was scary because my mind was clear, and I had to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm but, interested. Tell me to tell me, you know, tell me to mind my own business if you want to. Mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> know, we've only done four and a half hours this all up so far. Um, how long did the relationship with Jared take to repair? Like uh, you get out of rehab, you come back in, and we, we sort of—I think we made even spoke about this off air last time, where you know you said to her, "I'm going to rehab," and she went, "Yeah, okay, whatever. I heard it all before." Yeah. And you you get out, uh, you know, how long does that take to? It's kind not of, repaired, mate. Still, still working on it. There's, we'll be working on it for the rest of my life. Mm. You know, there's, there's issues in. Well, there's not issues. Sharon will tell you the same, I, I, I hope. Well, she tells me the same, mm. on, on, and I've got it in writing mm. on text message, so I can't prove it. <laughs> that we're, we're closer and we're better connected and we're in a better place than we've ever been in our entire lives. Yeah. You know, I, I know her better. Um, she knows me better. Yep. You know, I, I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, and I'm a better person all around. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean... and I. I I use you use the example, and I, I like to talk about this one with the kids. And you probably heard it, and no doubt everyone that's listening has heard it too. If you take a piece of paper mm. and you crumple it up, and then you put it back down, you flatten it out. It's it's flat, but it's not as flat as it was before. It's still crumpled. Yeah, it'll never yeah. have. It'll never be the same. Mm. And I don't want the relationship with me and Sharon to be the same as it was before because mm. it was volatile. Mm. I want it to be new. I don't want to be the person. You know what? And I said, and this is one that was told to me, and, I, and I'm going to try and get it right. I don't want to be the person I was before I started my addictions, mm. because that person ended up as an addict. Mm. I want to be a new person. Yeah, yeah, totally new. Because that that guy, for all his his issues that he had inside, mm. he ended up becoming an addict, mm. and I don't want to become an addict again. Yeah. So I want to start over. And I sort of look at that with Sharon as well. Like, I just want to start over. I, I don't want to forget the past because the past is what brought, brought yeah. us here. But what I want to do is create a new future. I always say to people, for me, what mental health and mental illness does, mental health conditions do, is force you to redefine yourself. Yeah. It breaks you. 
and you don't want to be. No one wants to do that. No one wants to go through that. It's really hard. Yeah. But it forces you to redefine yourself and and you can choose to be whatever you want to be. So, you know, as you say, I don't want to be the dude I was beforehand. That guy sucked. Yeah. This new version of me, he's pretty good. And yeah. she seems to like him. Yeah, she does. <laughs> and it's funny. Sometimes she really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> She'll get angry, you know, for whatever reason. She, she's, you know, losing her shit or about to lose her yeah. shit. And she, she, she was well, I, this I walked story. into the spaghetti incident. Oh, the spaghetti incident. <laughs> let's leave that alone. Um, and she, she was talking, she was talking to this about, to, about this to someone the other day. Um, and, and I would just walk over and hug her. And she'll put her hands by her side like a zombie. Yeah. She hates it. Yeah. But I won't let go until she hugs me back. A-frame hug, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but I won't let go until she hugs me back because yeah. I know that once she hugs me back, the spell's broken. Yeah. That the, the, the anger that's about to explode before is gone now. Yeah. You know? And in the old days, I would, there's no way I would have done that. Yeah. You know, I would have probably pushed a couple more of her buttons so that she'd snap at me to give me an excuse to storm out, jump in my car and drive to the pub. You know, um, there's a lot of little things like that. Like I I try and I try and start every day. This is going to, I'm just about to shatter my entire reputation as 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 anything of a tough guy. Um, I start every day and she still can't work out where I find them. And I, I, I literally search the net. It takes me probably 50, and sometimes two minutes, sometimes half an hour. And I find a meme online that sums up how I'm feeling about our relationship this morning. Yeah. And I, the first message I send, and I send, I counted the other day, I think I send about 15 individual SMSs, uh, five or six on Messenger, and three on WhatsApp every morning. Yeah. And the first one I send is a message to my wife. Yeah. Just to remind her that, you know, we've been through a whole lot of shit and we've come out the other side and we've we've started again. Yeah. You know, we're in a better place and I'm grateful. Yeah. You know, I write a gratitude list every day, like I said. Yeah. And number one on my gratitude list is recovery at all times. Yeah. Without and people get you know funny about that they're like so you put recovery before your wife and kids yep hell yes i do yep because anything i put before my recovery i'll lose if i lose recovery yeah so my recovery has to come first but number two on that list is always sharon yeah always and i, I write my, my my gratitude list and you know it's, i can tell you the top five all, all the time is recovery sharon my kids my higher power and prayer yeah but i always find a different reason every day for those five yeah Whatever it might be, Sharon being able to laugh today, like I don't, before before recovery, man, I don't remember the last time I heard her laugh properly. Mm. You know, she's got a beautiful laugh, mm. and I just don't remember the last time I heard her. It's certainly not an addiction. Mm. You know, uh, there wasn't many laughs to be had, mm. um, and it's one of my favourite sounds today. You know, we were watching a movie the other night, and I had a, a couple that we, we're, we're friends with was over, and um, we we're watching. Night school with Martin, uh, Kevin Hart. Yep. And we're all laughing. I, I was laughing, and I, I don't, I don't really laugh out loud that much <laughs> because I've got a horrible laugh. But you know, Sharon was laughing, and I was listening to it, and it was just, it was musical. I, yeah. I, I hadn't really listened to it properly yeah. 
you know, and it, it was really nice. And that, that sort of stuff is the stuff that I never noticed before. Yeah. And it's like new to me, which is really, really cool. You know, I get to yeah. experience stuff that you all are growing tired of now because you've yeah. heard your wife laugh a thousand times and you actually yeah. heard it. Yeah. I get to hear it for the first time, yeah. sort of. Yeah. You know, it's great. There's yeah. so many new experiences I have. You know, every morning I get to get, because I get to work from home, which is really, really cool, I get a hug every and a kiss every morning from my kids. Mm. You know, I get to wake them up of a morning and I'm here when they come home and mm. I still have a job. I'm not unemployed. I think it was uh, T.S. Eliot that said, you know, we travel, but the end of our travels is to arrive where we first started and know that place for the first time. Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow, we, you're a deep guy. Mate, look, you know, I, I don't look, have quite the tough guy image that you have, but... but that um, image has been I, shattered a long time I ago. Think, I, think that's on, I think that's on my Facebook page somewhere. I, I'm not sure. I used to have it I up like there. It. But, you know, it, it, to me, I think it hits that mark in terms of you know as you said you've got that relationship back with your kids now and you're getting to be fully engaged with them you're getting to see and she's getting to see a much better version of you yeah and i don't say that to be insulting or disrespectful how about honest yeah (laughs) but but it's just a it's a much better version of you it's it's, look a lot of people will say uh, well maybe not a lot of people but some people would say that it's a it's a worse version and those people are the people that I partied with. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're boring now. And, and the end... used to be fun. But the essence is that, that you know, yeah. after six months, they all forgot me anyway. Mm. You know? But as you said before, which dog do you feed? Absolutely. Yep. The yeah. one that gives you something or the one that... That's just going to take you down. Yep. You know? Um, I went out with a lot of people. And look, when I won on a poker machine, I bought everyone a drink. Mm. Everyone. Mm. Everyone that was within arm shot of me got a drink. Mm. And I would ask if no one, not one of those people ever bought me a drink. I can tell you that. Yeah. You know, and that's just part of my story. You know, I, I wanted to be the big shot at all times. And the upshot of that is that I was a big shot only to myself. Mm. You know, and the people that mattered never saw that. My, my wife, my kids, my, yeah. my, my, my close friends, because I never gambled with... with I, I gambled around friends, like I gambled with, around and with Brenton, but not to the extent that I did when I was on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I, I, I never wanted to... I never wanted people to interfere. Deep down inside, you know it's... To me, this is how I would feel about it. You know it's wrong. It you know you shouldn't be doing it. I just didn't want people to interfere with me. I yeah. didn't want people to stop me. Yeah. You know, if, if if I was standing next to you and watching you feed yeah. $50 notes into a poker machine like, some, like you were feeding ducks. Yeah. At some point, you'd go, man, come mate, on. you've put five of those in now. That's a week's wait. Or, you, know, yeah. you, know. you put five of those in now and we've only been standing here 10 minutes. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. You know... Uh, I didn't want to be stopped. Mm. You know, I didn't want to stop gambling either. Mm. I didn't want to stop drinking. Mm. But I can tell you that 26 years of my absolute best efforts, my my trying my absolute hardest mm. for 26 years to, to live life ended me in a psychiatric hospital. Mm. That was the result of my best work. 
my best work don't amount to much. Yeah. You know? So when people said, here's a suggestion for you, why don't you try this? I went, that's not what I would do, which means it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Let's give that a shot. Let's try. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. And, you know, I just keep trying things that people suggest. Yeah. You know, even no matter how wanky it sounds. Yeah. You know, give it a shot. Butterfly cuts. I've still got to show you those. <laughs> They're so amazing. Um, you know, uh, my kids love it. Talking about doing stuff that I did at South Pacific, we like my girls sometimes argue over who's going to hand out the butterfly cards <laughs> because it's, they get that it's a great start to the day. Yeah. You know, uh, they pray with me. Yeah. Mm, pardon me. Oh, it's late, mate. You're allowed to do it. <laughs> Thank you. They, um, they, they pray with me. Yeah. You know, and they get upset if they're not allowed to pray with me. Yeah. And when I say not allowed because they're running late for school or whatever yeah. and they get hustled out the door. Yeah. And they get upset that they don't get to pray. Like we'll be driving to school doing the serenity prayer. I would never... <laughs> this is not the, the, the Nathan that I knew when I was younger. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful that I'm not the same guy. I, look, the, the kid I was when I was maybe, I don't know, eight or nine, he was some damaged goods. Yeah. You know, and I, I, that's why I, I guess, you know, I love the readings from um, Affirmations of the Inner Child. You know, a lot of them are around, and the, the, the author, I think, I think um, is a member of Al-Anon. So she yeah. grew up in a in an alcoholic home. Yeah. But it's very easy to, to bring it to be. Um, you know, one of the readings that, that, that really resonated with me was around um, being afraid of emotion. Now, any emotion in the house was, was dangerous. If you were too happy, someone would take you down a peg. Mm. You know, if you were too sad, you'd get told to toughen up. Mm. If you were too angry, you'd get asked, well, if you're, if you're that angry, why don't you have a fight with me? You know, mm. you know it was, there was so much pissing contest. Yeah. And I just, I, I relate to it a lot. It's all about nurturing your inner child and, yeah. and making that inner child feel, feel safe and validated. Yeah. And, and I love that sort of stuff. And again, I would never have learned any of that outside of rehab. Yeah. You know, that, that place was, was pretty cool. And it's the, the butterfly effect of that. You know, I was talking to you earlier about the, my sponsor asking me to call a, a woman that he knew, a friend of a friend who was going mm. into South Pacific and they were a bit nervous and wanted to know what it was about and how mm. it worked and all that stuff. So I gave them a call and we had a chat. But even the affirmations for an inner child, I read that, I take a photo of it and I send it to probably 20 people. Mm. Now, they've never been to South Pacific. They don't have any idea of, of the program, but mm. they get that reading and it res- resonates with almost every one of them yep. for a different reason. Yep. It's quite insane. Mm. And it's it's so enriching to have a conversation with somebody just about the reading. Mm. You know, I'm friends on Facebook with a, a, a woman from Melbourne and I don't know how old she was. She is, and I'm not going to even guess in case she listens to this. <laughs> um, but she, she shares herself so much yeah. in, in some gambling pages or gambling recovery pages that I'm yeah. a part of, not gambling pages, um, that it's incredible to, to, you know, she's, she posts quite a lot. 
you know, checking on people, you mm. know, all this sort of stuff. And her, I spoke to her on, on Facebook. She asked me, you know, how I did my, my recovery, where I went and all that sort mm. of stuff. Fast forward a year, she sent her, well, her daughter went through South Pacific. Hmm. Based off what I had said the program was about. Yeah. And her saying, well, I think my daughter needs that sort of therapy, hmm. you know, and everybody needs something different. Hmm. But she needs that sort of therapy. She needs that sort of connection. She needs that hmm. sort of thing. So she arranged to, to, to get her daughter to go there. Hmm. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. All of again, I say all of the things that had to come into motion, yeah, yeah. for her to end up there. It's a sliding doors moment. I always say my example is nothing to do with therapy or rehab, but um, <laughs> I had a, a the job, the organisation I work for now, the job that I went for, I applied for late. So literally, the HR manager reads it the day after. Well, actually, it was cut off was a Friday. She gets in on a Monday morning. She reads the application. Now she could easily have just gone delete. Yeah, you're too late. You're too late. Bad luck. You can't get in beforehand without what you. But she didn't. Everything that I have in my life now is there because that decision. You know, this stuff and the, all the public speaking stuff that I do is because I met a, you know, Steve Wisby at at, at at my place of employment. I met my wife through a woman who I used to work with, <laughs> where I work, and. Just all of the, even the job that I do now is because I met another person who mentored me into this job. So I just go, if that person pressed delete instead of pressing, you know, yeah, accept, everything's different. The whole whole, thing. Your whole life is different. Yeah, completely. Insane, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Um, that's the same. Remember I was telling you in the last one, um, in the original one, sorry, the the, the radio ad that came over when I first started the car. Yeah. That radio ad doesn't doesn't play at that exact minute no. when I'm starting that car. Yeah. We're not having this conversation. No, exactly. I'm going to your funeral at some point. More than likely. Before we go, the last question, because we're nearly there. When someone, we, we sort of joked about this before, when someone says to you, do you want a drink? And you go, no, I don't drink. There's a simple answer and there's a complicated answer. What's a simple answer? Um. I said to you before, you know, I'm I'm allergic to alcohol. Yep. You know, whenever I drink, I break out in bad decisions and sometimes handcuffs. Yep. Um, that's look. A simple answer is, look, man, I just don't drink. Yeah. Um, if 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 I get pushed, I say, look, I can't drink. Hmm. Um, if and it depends on the person, right? Hmm. If it's a particularly narky person, hmm. uh, I say I'm an alcoholic in recovery, and if I drink, I may die. Hmm. Um, if that's if I just want to shock them into silence, mm. you know, um, people that I'm close to know anyway, but if it's someone that, that I think is, is a decent person, mm. you know, or I, I don't want to upset. Mm. So look, man, I've been through rehab for alcohol. I really don't want to drink, mm. you know, if I don't want to drink, I don't want to lose mm. everything I've got through, through drinking. Mm. Um, simple answers, you know? Yeah. I know people that try and hide it and say, you know, oh, I, I don't drink, I just don't feel like it. Um, mm. And the problem with I just don't feel like it, it indicates that at some point in the future you may. Mm. And if someone's persistent, that could take me out. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like to play my cards very openly. Um, if I still played poker, I would be playing with my hand open on the table. You know, yeah. so you can see my cards. Yeah. Um, 
simply because it's safer for me. Yeah. It's much, much safer to... to, to and look, uh, do I, as I, I think I said this in the first podcast, I don't stop people on the street and say, hey, hey, hey I'm an alcoholic. Um, but if somebody asks the question, I always answer honestly. Yeah. Uh, and the results of that, of you know, this podcast being on here, yeah. um, people that I that I know very closely uh, ask me, you know, I'm seeing this behaviour in in a loved one. You know, should I be worried? Yeah. Um, my invariable answer to that is I don't know. Yeah. Um, this is my behaviour, and this is what I did. Yeah. If you're seeing some of this behaviour, maybe they need to talk to someone. Um. You know, a lot of the connection that that I have, I have through being honest. Yeah. And it's and it's no different with with strangers than it is with people that I'm close to. You know, if somebody offers me a drink and they won't take no for an answer, then they need to know why I'm saying no. Mm. Because misery loves company, and if somebody if somebody is celebrating something or they're commiserating something, they want someone to either celebrate mm. or commiserate with. And some people can be very persistent. Um, but I have found that, and this shocked the shit out of me, most people are decent humans. Mm. No matter what we think, most people... And look, leave out extremists and, and yeah. of, of anything, extremists yeah. of anything. Extreme vegans are no good either. <laughs> Neither are extreme carnivores, so I don't upset vegans. <laughs> um, most people, though are just decent humans. And yeah. when you say, look, I, I can't drink because I have a problem with alcohol and if I drink, there is a big chance that I'll lose everything in my life. They go, wow, man. Okay. Sweet. Seems like a good enough answer. Yeah, it's a great answer. And yeah. generally they'll say, oh, have you got help for that? Like, what do you do? Yeah. And you'll have the great, a great conversation with someone who may well go home and tell their brother that, you know, hey, yeah. I met this guy and he's, he's got a problem with alcohol. He did this. And have the you heard of this help. place? Yeah, yeah, and the brother gets help. You My know. friend, it's uh, well, whenever people listen, it's nearly eleven thirty. But <laughs> these are in, just me for me personally, incredibly enlightening conversations. I'm enjoying them immensely. Same. Thank, thank you for having them. Thank you for inviting me. I've got a feeling you don't want to do this again. I want to do this tomorrow. <laughs> I love this. Oh, all right. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Never forget how you're going. <laughs>